Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall. And welcome to season eight, episode five of the Pet Photographers Club podcast. Our guest today is this year's portrait category winner in the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards, but no doubt you've known her name for many years now. She's developed her own artistic, emotional and dreamy style recognised all over the globe, even being published in National Geographic amongst many other features. It is Alicia Smizwoska, and I hope I said that closely. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited for this. Would you like to introduce yourself saying your name properly rather than my terrible pronunciation? Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure, it wasn't terrible. So, yeah, you know, uh, people can hear that you are pretty close and that's a good achievement. So, yes, I'm Alicia Smyswowska. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You're kind of close, guys. Um, Alicia was coaching us before we pressed record for (laughs) how to pronounce her name, which has apparently a very beautiful meaning in Polish that we're all missing out on. What did you say it was, Alicia, that the, about the senses? Uh, yeah, it's like full of senses, sensual, something like this. I think that's perfect for a photographer. Alicia, we're so happy to have you on the podcast. I think you are one of our number one most requested guests from listeners of the podcast. Oh, so really? I'm positive oh. that absolutely for years now so this is good this has been a long time coming everyone's going to be so interested I think to hear all about your journey um and everything that you've been doing maybe let's you know rewind right back to the start that's what we like to do and hear how did you get started in pet photography in the first place yeah sure uh so yeah it was pretty simple uh because I just got my dream dog uh, my dream puppy, uh, Chiara, golden retriever. She is now almost 15 years old. So wow. you can see how long it is for me when I'm in photography. Uh, I was like 11 when I started, uh, and it was from pure passion to dogs. So I had no plans to become any kind of professional back then. It was, you know, just fun and moments to spend with my dog and capture the memories. Um, so yeah, it was pretty simple. And then through years I was photographing my friend's dogs and I started getting some requests from other people. Uh, so I got into this more and more. So it was pretty natural process. Well, how many years ago would you say that you transitioned into pet photography being your full-time job? Um, I would say like something about six years ago. Uh, six years ago it would be. Then I started uh, teaching dog photography workshops uh, in Poland, but also outside. So that's the point where I'm kind of yeah, setting it as a full time and I started traveling. So I had no time for other things, basically. So what happened between, um, I guess, 15 years ago when you were just a child, really? Did you say you were 11? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So obviously as a child, you're just playing around. And then once you sort of started to really develop your style, must have been a little bit before that six years ago. So what sort of things, you know, how was your photography looking as in from a business point of view uh, before you made that transition into, you know, hosting workshops, for example? Oh, yeah. Um, it was basically just doing photo shoots for people. Uh, I was like part time in a company so I could do it legally, like offer shoots and sell pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing that, but also going to university. Um, so, yeah, I was still uh, still in school and offering some shoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I transitioned to workshops and traveling full-time. So today, what is sort of the breakup, I guess, between, you know, individual portrait sessions, workshops, and, like, commercial clients? What's the ratio that you're doing there? Are you mostly workshops or is it sort of 50-50? Well, yeah, this year many workshops had to be cancelled, obviously, because of the uh, pandemic. Uh, Also, all of my trips basically were cancelled, so I'm pretty much sitting and kind of retouching uh, old pictures, trying to catch up with everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, usually I do more workshops than commercial shoots. I don't really do a lot of them. Uh, I do really a little number of them, but I want to keep the quality really high. So what matters for me is always quality and not doing a lot of this, not to kill, you know, my vibe, uh, for, for what I'm doing to keep the passion. Mm -hmm. And so then is it sort of like a 50, 50 between workshops and like private clients or these days are you mostly teaching and then doing sort of private clients when you're back home? Are you traveling for your private clients? I'm just trying to get like an idea of Uh, what what your year (laughs) non-COVID looks like. Oh yeah, we're only just on COVID. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then usually the private shoots are also when I'm traveling. So I'm somewhere teaching a workshop and then I take some private clients uh, because yeah, usually there are many asking if I can do a shoot if I'm somewhere teaching. So I'm doing also the private shoots, like few special spots uh, when I'm somewhere like uh, this year in New Zealand. When, when I was teaching a workshop with, uh, with Craig, uh, we had also some shoots. So, yeah, that's usually what I'm doing. When I was in Alaska last year, I was doing some special shoots. Uh, when I was in Denmark, it's the same. So I do a few at home where I am if I get a nice request, but not like all the time. I'm not taking the requests all the time. It's not open. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty much describing a dream pet photography career here. You're <laughs> traveling the world photographing pets for people who are so excited that you're in their location. I think we have to rewind again. How on earth did you go from an, say, 18-year-old girl who loves photographing her dog to someone who is traveling the world with requests and teaching and has this most amazing style, instantly recognizable style. 
talk us through a little bit more of that evolution mm-hmm. there because it's you're such an inspiration oh yeah okay let's uh, let's do that then and uh, thank you of course for all those kind words um i really appreciate that uh, so <laughs> Uh, well, I was just doing what I love the most. I can say photography was really like the biggest thing for me. Uh, I wasn't really focusing on school much. Like I didn't really care about that a lot. Uh, all I cared in school was English lessons, which <laughs> which are really helpful now. Uh, but yeah, I was focusing <laughs> yeah. On, you know, on photography all the time. Every free time, I was just going with my dogs to shoot or you know, going with friends to shoot their dogs. So I was like really doing doing it all the time, uh, making my, all my free time into photography, sharing my pictures wherever I can in the web, like on, on pages, like 500 pics and on Facebook, on photography forums. Like I was really sharing that everywhere. Um, and my friends were sharing pictures of their dogs I took. Um, and then I got recognized, uh, by, by some portals like my modern metropolis and Boret Panda. Um, they basically started, um, writing me about interviews and about publishing my, uh, my pictures. It was the series of dogs in flowers, heartwarming dog portraits. Uh, so the most popular picture uh, that started it all uh, when it went viral. It was the three border collies hugging, the picture named Friends. Um, yeah, I remember that yeah. photo. I'm sure it's probably one that anyone who is a pet photographer remembers, and it did go so viral. Yeah. Okay, so posting. See, this sounds like such obvious advice, but I think that it's something that we don't remember to do or I'm not going to speak for everyone I certainly don't remember to do it and especially um when you're just starting out it can sometimes feel a little bit scary to put yourself and your photography out there but just literally posting to everywhere is there a avenue that you felt like you got a lot of return from I've heard actually a lot of good things about um 500px yeah, I think it is really important, though photography, I think, really changed from when I was not starting because it was those, I don't know, six years ago, I would say, when it went viral. Uh, it really changed now. Like, we have so many photographers, but it is still very important, I think. Um, but it's not so easy anymore to do something new that will surprise, but it's worth trying, and I recommend trying doing new things. Uh, but for sure, publishing anywhere you can, it's best advice. Um, I can still give. And so where are you publishing today? I mean, are you still publishing to 500px, for example, um, and other platforms like that? Or are you sticking mostly to Instagram? Where is your efforts going now that you already have such a big following, but you um, assume you're still wanting to grow it? Uh, yeah, I still post to 500 peaks, not so often, but I should go back to that probably. Uh, but it also changed, this portal changed. Uh, I post to Flickr, I really like Flickr. Uh, and yeah, as you said, Instagram is really big now. I had really hard times trying to like, you know, like Instagram that much. Um, but yeah, it seems it's kind of biggest now. Uh, I still post on my fan page on Facebook. 
so yeah, mostly fan page on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Flickr. That would be it. Yeah, I haven't heard many photographers that are still posting to Flickr. So maybe we could chat about that just briefly. Um, so obviously oh, yeah. you're still getting return from that if you're still putting effort into Flickr or is it just had a habit? I mean, um, yeah, talk us through your, your thought behind that posting to Flickr. Uh, yeah, it's, so, it's kind of funny because uh, I was always using Flickr uh, as a page where I put my pictures to get a link with a good quality. That was my reason to use Flickr. Uh, <laughs> I, never, I never, yeah, I'd like to send to people, like, that's the good quality link. Like, get it, you know? <laughs> that was that was it. But then, yeah, I got, you know, kind of recognized there. At this moment, I have 7,000 followers there. Uh, and I didn't really put much effort in posting there of course now i'm trying more but not before and i got some response from it i get some participants in my workshops saying they found me on Flickr, so i think it works pretty much fine wow. Fantastic. Uh, I, get, I get into ex- explore kind of some somehow often so sometimes it, it's really good Mm-hmm. I see a lot of photographers on Flickr. So, yeah. yeah, maybe it sounds like the demographic on Flickr is actually a bit different to other platforms. So, you know, you're finding attendees for your workshops on that platform. So maybe it's really focused on other photographers, like it's other photographers that are on there only rather than Instagram, which you can have anybody, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's mm. yeah, mostly people interested in photography, not only mm-hmm. in dogs or, you know, only in uh, life, lifestyle or whatever. That makes sense. And so when you said like Board Panda reached out to you and I know you had a, a feature in a Nat Geographic um, segment, I think, which maybe yes. you can talk about later. How did they find your work in the first place? Was it through one of these platforms like Flickr or 500px? Uh, yeah, I think it was 500px uh, because the free hugging border collies picture friends. Uh, it was like most popular of the day. It has the highest pulse and it went viral. And uh, they must have found me uh, through this, uh, through 500px and through this picture flying everywhere. <laughs> so they they reached me mm-hmm. and asked me to uh, to interview me. Okay, and then. You feature with um, National Geographic. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, with National Geographic, uh, I had an article in Polish National Geographic. They wrote about my project Craving Miracles with uh, dogs in landscapes, uh, with my theory in Norway and with dogs on Iceland. Um so I was also uploading pictures to their platform to showcase pictures uh, back then. And yeah, they, they say they are interested to uh, to write an article about me, to interview me about traveling with dogs and dogs in certain countries that I was uh, working on in my project. Uh, so that was it. But then also um, I won the big photography contest uh, honorable mention in Poland with my dog in landscape. So that was also the kind of big award for me uh, two years ago. Two mm-hmm. years ago it was, yes. 
So I wanted to, you know, talk about these dogs and landscapes a little bit more because I feel like you have a really a, a signature style. I mean, obviously you have a signature style. It's like the Alicia style. Um, but more than that, it's also this approach that you have of the really romantic traveling dogs. Are you l- locating models when you go or just before you go to these locations? Are you taking dogs? You already know the dogs there. What's sort of the process behind finding dog models all over the world for you to photograph? Um, yeah, if I can take my dog there and yeah, Tiri cannot really travel by plane right now. Uh, so yeah, I have to find models where I'm going. Uh, so yeah, those are local dogs that I'm finding through some host, a friend I have in certain country. Uh, so yeah, on Iceland, uh, I have been there already five times. Uh, so I have like a bunch of models, a lot of friends there with dogs that I can always rely on. Like I'm coming back and can we go there and there? And I know they are you know, enjoying adventures like posing the dog by the waterfall, posing the dog by the glacier. Uh, so through those years... I got to know those people and those dogs, and I know there are good models. Uh, So uh, I'm going with them. Of course, it would be my biggest dream to take my dog, Siri, uh, Border Collie, to Iceland. Um, But yeah, they do quarantine for dogs, and it takes two two weeks without your dog. So that's been Uh, crazy. uh, Siri's the one that was in the photo that won the portrait category of the Pet Photographer of the Year, right? Exactly. That photo. photo. Oh, my My goodness. (laughs) Guys, if you have not seen this photo, yeah, me and Kirsty argued over who got to pick that as (laughs) a favorite photo. Um, Absolutely Stunning. Listeners, if you haven't yet seen this photo, you can jump onto the Pet Photographers Club website and go to the awards section. Alicia um, won the portrait category with portrait, was it? Yeah. Um, yes. With this beautiful photo. So definitely check that one out. But anyway, that was just a side note when you mentioned Syria. I thought, oh, yes. that's no, the same you. one that we saw. Yeah, I'm really happy this picture, you know, gets so many kind words and recognition. It's like, you know, a very special picture. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm really happy. So you were just talking about like your trip to Iceland, for an example, and you're reaching out to friends to go hiking with you. So you're not being, um, pay like or privately commissioned to do these um photo shoots these amazing ones in Iceland for example they're for like a personal um personal goals to do those images or they're um paying clients uh some uh, I was getting some requ- like paid requests but it's separate for me I really try to separate my personal work personal projects and sessions uh, because I just think it's different uh, and I don't like to connect this so much uh, because you know when I have a paid client I have a different mindset uh, I want to please the client and get him the pictures that he wants of his dog and when I have a personal project of a dog in the landscape where sometimes I'm going to a location when I have in mind you know one or two pictures and I want to get them extremely perfect and the dog is really small in the frame uh, you know it is beautiful picture but not all 
dog uh, clients uh, would love to have only this kind of picture of their dog when they pay you you know it's not a classic portrait mm -hmm. it's not a dreamy autumn picture with falling leaves um it's not like a magical light in the forest or something like that you know what i mean it's not my like classic style i would say it's not from my first project like portraits and flowers it's something different mm -hmm. uh, so i try to you know keep this separate because i want to focus on what i want to get for my project for craving miracles so it was mostly you know time for posing uh, for mm -hmm. for it i think that's actually a really good piece of advice and reminder for us to take time um, to continue working on our own portfolio pieces, our own personal projects, rather than only ever doing client work. We had um, our season six medley uh, episode was all about the power of personal photo projects. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, it's, it's nice to be reminded again that it's so important to us as photographers to keep pushing ourselves and not just be doing client work because as you said like when you're doing a client session you feel like you have to tick off boxes for this is what they're going to want to purchase this is what they want rather than you can just take control and um do that so thank you for that reminder yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think it's really important to keep this in mind and you know i really I, my clients are really amazing like they know my style and they say yeah you do your Alicia thing and they are giving me all my artistic freedom I need because yeah that's what they want they want my style but it's still you know still a little different um, yeah yeah you don't get as much flexibility when you still have that client there now speaking of that style uh, it would be remiss of us not to talk to you about developing a style. Do you have advice, I guess, for any photographers out there who feel like they're really struggling to latch on or really struggling to develop their own unique style? What is the process or what advice would you give those photographers? I think I would say like focus on what's yours and no, not on what's other people like don't get too much focused on other photographers work like stop watching other dog photography for example other pet photography because if you do a lot of that like do a lot of inspiration from one field which is pet photography or dog photography or cat photography whatever they are shooting uh your brain really focuses on that and you can go and create similar work without even knowing that so i would say look f like further look wider take your inspiration from different places not really connected like straight to dog photography or your kind of photography get inspired by everything but not not it like get inspired from your favorite movies from your music mm -hmm. uh, from your own dog from your own city from the things that are yours and not somebody else yeah and how much in your opinion does post-processing and editing play a part in that personal style that a photographer can develop versus just purely the the taking of the photo Oh, I think it's, yeah, 
it's the same important i think because mm-hmm. this is where you can get really creative and find something that is yours uh like yeah just you know moving one slider to one way can you know do sometimes an effect that is making you different from somebody else or changing the green tones to one way to changing the orange tones to second like side you know that can those little things can make a difference uh, and mm-hmm. make a picture uh, feel like it belongs to somebody so your post processing is really really important and yeah well you know if not post processing then all pictures could look the same at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if somebody has the same gear, it will produce the same image after all. So the post-processing is where we can make a difference uh, at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say you have like quite a unique, you know, that dreamy, dark, soft look that you have. When did you, have you had that, you know, right from the start or have you seen your photographic, processing style develop over the years uh well it was always my goal to have them looking like this i would say it was Mm -hmm. something in my head that i really always wanted to achieve like this you know dreamy world fairy tale world because i always said i don't really want to show reality um and it's connected to where I live and when I where I was born. It's not a really beautiful place where I'm located. Uh, it's most industrial area of Poland, um, a big city next to city, a lot of uh, factories, a lot of mines and things like this. So we don't really have, you know, fields of lavender over there or mountains and fairy tale lakes. Uh, so I had to create this, you know, in my mind through my camera and then add the post-processing to it to make it look dreamy, to make it look beautiful, because in fact, it is not beautiful. So that was my way to escape the reality, to create create my own alternative world uh, in this case. So, yeah, I was you know, trying a lot. As I said before, I was doing a lot of pictures and the second part is I was spending hours and hours post-processing, trying to get the effects. Um, It was all like, uh, you know, learning by mistakes and learning from my experience. I didn't do any workshops with anybody or about any tutorials. Um, It was, you know, all for myself. Um, I think it's, you know, why it is so unique and I try to keep it unique uh, because it's mine. Like I worked on it through all those years. So, you know, I take it really personal uh, when it it comes to my style. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really shows through in your work that um, now that you've sort of explained a bit of the backstory as well, I mean, it's really clear Mm -hmm. in your images that, Oh yeah, you you know you're creating. I mean, and we can see already that the images are magic. They have this magical fairy tale vibe. And now when you say yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. well, the location around me isn't like that. It totally makes sense that you're putting all of this effort into um, making you know the the images feel so fairy tale. And you know, especially mm-hmm. in your collections as well, where you have these series of images. I saw on your website that you have. Um, 
an exhibition of a series of black and white images in Krakow. Is that still a oh, Krakow? Sorry, is that still yes. um, up? Uh, no, it was just for a few months. For a few it months. It was just yeah. for a few months, but it was really, yeah, a really big thing. It was the Palace of Fine Arts, mm-hmm. um, and they agreed for taking the exhibition of dogs. And you know, they were making this funny joke that the Palace of Fine Arts goes to dogs. We have this, you know, mm-hmm. saying in Poland. I don't know if it's international, <laughs> but like something goes to dogs is, you know, kind of yeah. negative. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, that's gone to the dogs. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was it was a success, I must say. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the photos um, on your website. It looks fantastic. I mean, how the display and everything, all the black and white images. So did you approach oh, yeah. them to get the exhibition in there or did they come to you? Like how did how did that come about that you were able to form this beautiful exhibition? Uh, well, uh, that was my agent mm-hmm. who work, uh, who I was working with. Um, yeah, she was making those contacts to make the exhibition and yeah, they agreed. That makes sense. Okay. So you hadn't mentioned before that you're working with an agent. Are you still doing that? Uh, no, no. I uh, know I'm doing it on my own. Oh, okay. Okay. And how long were you working with the agent for then? Mm, I think those were like two years or something like that. Have you done like multiple exhibitions in the past? Or was that your first one? Uh, I uh, That was my first one that was like personal or for me. Um, before it was mm-hmm. just like one picture going to some exhibition somewhere. I had one... Uh, I had one in Los Angeles exhibition, I remember. It was yeah, a long time ago. Uh, I had some, like, one in somewhere in Poland. Uh, I had some small exhibitions, uh, like uh, dogs from shelters, the pictures of dogs from shelters I was taking, and the exhibitions were going around in shopping centers in my area or something like this. So I've done that, but the black and white one was the only one that was, like, a big thing. Um, yeah your work is just such a beautiful combination of dogs and artwork that it doesn't yeah it doesn't surprise me that you've been exhibited even just single pieces all around the world so let's um let's pivot a little bit because I want to chat Instagram because it did uh pique my interest when you mentioned that you didn't initially like Instagram and then here you are now sitting with like 46,000 followers at the time of recording. Um, Do you have a strategy that you're doing as you continue to grow what is, I assume, your your largest following on the platform? Is that right? And that's where we're going to wrap up part one of this episode. As always, if you are a member, you can listen to the full extended version of this interview. Just head over to the member zone. If you're not a member yet, we'd love to have you. You can join the club for just $10 a month and it goes a long, long way to helping support running this free podcast. I hope you very much enjoyed this episode. It was such an interesting one to record. If you want to head over to the show notes to catch any of the links um, to Alicia's work and her workshops, just head over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0804 and you will find all the links and information right there. 
As always, hope you're having a wonderful week and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.